This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Welcome Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 12th, episode 1951. Good morning, horse world. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. That's right. It is Tuesday morning, and it is the second Tuesday of the month, which means Karen is here with the endurance episode, and we have a special one for you today. As requested, we are going to be doing a little Endurance 101, aren't we? We sure are. We're going to walk people through their first ride, everything they need to know. Well, and this, this started when Jennifer decided to do her first endurance ride. And she, I think, did a 15-miler. And she was so confused about uh, acronyms and what to do where and vet checks and things like that. It was like, you know, I think that anybody that's done endurance for a while takes that all for granted and doesn't realize it's all brand new to people. Exactly. There's a lot to know. And uh, you can read and read and read and read. But until you see it in action, and how things actually take place and how it unfolds, um, you know, you got to learn all that stuff. And it, it does take a while. And it can be really confusing, because every ride is laid out a little bit differently. It's far as logistics go. So, uh, you know, it's uh, like you said, the rest of us, we get so used to to doing things and that we know what to ask for or what to look for, whereas a new person has no idea. Well, Jennifer's ready to stop you at a moment's notice if you guys get over over beginner's heads. So she's prepared. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So Jennifer, what is coming up? What's the rest of the show? Well, coming up on today's Endurance episode, as you said, it's Endurance 101, and Karen's going to be explaining at least some of the thousands of acronyms used by endurance riders, and when she accidentally uses an acronym or phrase unfamiliar to non-endurance riders, this is what's going to happen. She's going to have to stop and explain it to me, because there's plenty of them. And then next up, Patty Stedman has been recruited And she's here with everything you need to know to get through your first endurance ride. Hello, I need to sign up for that. And then after the break, Heather Accardo, also known as Flash, is here. And she's going to chat about her bid for the Mongol Derby. So stay tuned for the break, folks. Very good. Well, that is what is coming up on today's show. (laughs) And the endurance episode is here, as I said, the second Tuesday of every month. We have uh, like a hundred of them now. So if you want to go to horsesinthemorning.com, scroll down to the middle of the page, you'll see a whole bunch of little icons. You'll see an endurance one there. Just click on that and it'll lead you to links for all of the past endurance episodes. You can find them all there. We did talk a little bit on the show yesterday because we had Devin Horn on who talking about her third attempt at the Mongol Derby and the subject of All the Wild Horses, the movie, came mm-hmm. up. 
And that's the movie that Evo made and went over and shot in Mongolia. And it was of the year, Devin, her second attempt at, uh, and a whole bunch of other people they highlighted in this movie. And it was excellent and very well done about the Mongol Derby. And that is in theaters now, um, just starting to roll out in theaters in London. So they're saying that uh, it should be in theater, rolling out in selected theaters in the United States sometime in the next couple of months. So we're hoping it's before the Mongol Derby, actually. Uh, there is a list of the theaters it's available in on their website. Just look up, just search for All the Wild Horses film, and that'll come up, and you can find it there. So that answered one of the questions. All right, what have you been up to? Um, well, I got to crew for my junior rider on a 50 Saturday on a local ride and uh, Kaylee and Bo finished in ninth place. Now, was this with- the first time she was out without you? Yes. No babysitter training wheels were off. Uh, exactly. Well, she wasn't on her own. She still had a sponsor. She had a really nice local person who offered to take her and they had a really nice time together. It was warm and windy. I believe there were up to 50 mile an hour winds and um oh, wow. yeah yeah so we were getting pretty wind blown i'm sure they were wind blown out on the trail too um but, but they did very well they just sort of did a um you know medium speed and were able to finish in the top 10 wow. and kaylee was able to show for best condition she was so excited because she's never had that chance before um you know and and of course best condition went to like the the first place horse which was way ahead but it was great experience for her to to get to do that and um go through the whole process you know every um every time she does a ride she's learning new stuff and so how old that was is she again 12 great. she's 11 11 yeah um so <laughs> it's pretty impressive so now she now and that's one thing about endurance is there is an age classifications for there's there are juniors, but you know most rides are everybody, right? Right. Yeah. Um, we do go by weight divisions. Right. That's what. Mainly, see, this um, is the first lesson then, in endurance one hundred and one. Explain how that works. So, is the is the weight the horse or the rider or the both? The rider, the rider, and the rider's tack together. So it's like jockeys almost. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So now, what are the weight divisions? Explain how that works. Okay, well, we have uh, the weight division. There's juniors, um, then there's uh, lightweight, featherweight, lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. And so like the boxing. juniors. <laughs> it sounds like mm-hmm, boxing. <laughs> exactly. And so they divide them into the different categories, um, you know, based upon the weights. And then, of course, for the juniors, anyone I believe that's under 18 because they need to be with a sponsor. Now, it Junior can get a letter if their parents um, request it. Once the junior reaches, I believe it's 400 miles. Um, it I don't know if that's changed over the years. Um, as soon as they're 14 and they've got like 400 miles or more, they can get a letter that will allow them to ride unsponsored on their own. And I've had juniors now, sponsored do simply that. means that they have to be with with an a adult. designated adult rider. Exactly. Exactly. And that has and to then, be a designated adult, which is versus, oh, I'm going to hang out with you now, and then I'm going to go faster, and then I'm going to hang out with that other person. It's that one person. Exactly, because everybody has to sign releases and that sort of stuff, typically, yeah. with, with the right entry now, forms. Now, do you weigh in before each ride? 
No, um, the only time you really need to weigh in is if you are showing for best condition because they use that in the calculations to figure out your scoring. And the best condition scoring is based on time, your weight, your placing, um, and then your vet score. How, how quickly your horse recovers and all of that. Exactly. Okay. And s- right, right. So when you sign up for an endurance ride, you're signing up for the first time, do they ask your weight? Yes. Okay. And um, it, and I believe with like the limited distance category, the weight divisions don't um, aren't really calculated as separate weight divisions okay. like they are in the endurance category. Um, like if you look in the point standings, you'll see, um, say for the West region where I'm at, you'll see it separated by the juniors, the featherweights, lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. And then you see limited distance as its own category, but they're not separated by the weight divisions. Okay. So, all right. Well, that there you go. There's first 101 of the day. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, also, uh, Chief, who's one of your like million mile horses, um, was coming off an injury, right? He, yes, we were doing some heat training, and of course, we've had the strangest weather. Like this week, here we are in the middle of June. It's just now starting to get warm, and so we were riding the horses in like 50 degree weather when it was breezy. And cold, and so we were trying to up our heat training by working the horses in the arena with a blanket on. And what that does is it allows them to to heat up and get sweaty, and then their body starts to adapt to dealing with the heat, and it helps improve their recoveries and gets them better prepared for the rides we are planning or have done with them that are going to be a lot hotter than where you know, we've had to train. Well, we pulled Chief's blanket off um, and came in the house for a little bit, did a couple things to get ready, went back out, and we're going to head out on a ride. And he he was kind of like walking like he was in The Walking Dead. You know, he was like <laughs> his back legs sort of like, you know, like hmm, there's something really wrong. And it, so I hopped off of him and checked it out. And he had this kind of like a muscle knot on his left hind kind of high up. Uh, so he got a, like a muscle cramp, I'm assuming because he got cold after being heated up like he did, which, um, you know, that's not something that's ever happened, but he's 23 years old and um, I'm definitely going to be a lot more careful. So I, I took him over to the vet and had it ultrasounded and the vet thought it was a minor injury and that it should be fine in probably about three weeks. He thought it was no big deal at all. And so it's been about six weeks, seven weeks now. Um, we've been working him regularly, riding him, and he's starting to look y- y- pretty good again. So we're planning on a ride th- this next weekend to take him to, and we'll see how that goes. All right, very good. And uh, you also have uh, kicked up the cuteness factor about a thousandfold. Oh, with the baby quail. Yes. <laughs> yes, I found a a nest in my barn. And at first I wasn't sure what it was. Uh, and then I figured out quickly that it was actually a quail. And the 
the both of the parents were there. They were running around squawking at me anytime I tried to look at the nest. I discovered it after obviously she had been there a while because I was working my way through the hay. She had obviously been there probably for a month and a half or more in order to lay that many eggs. And they were pretty much ready to hatch from the time I found them. They hatched like two days later and I set up a camera out there. Um, which was really kind of cool. So we were able to see the little babies and um, they hatched in about probably four hours later, the mom hustled them all off out of the nest and uh, they disappeared underneath my hay and the pallets. And every so often I get a, a glimpse of one of them, but yes, they were pretty darn cute. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> darn cute. I didn't, I there. didn't know that as a bird that the, the quails, when they hatch, they're completely self-sufficient. Oh, really? They can live on their own. They don't need the parents to feed them. Huh. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, now also, uh, we have an announcement that came out, uh, what, in the last week, about the U.S. endurance team uh, for WAG, and they have kind of picked a short list, which is a long short list. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Well, I think with endurance, too, they probably pick a longer list because horses getting hurt or it's more common or, you know, coming up not ready. So uh, that's sure. why the list is a little bit longer. Do you want to run down through them and just talk about the ones that you do know? Um. Sure. Um. And I apologize in advance for uh, not pronouncing uh, a yeah, name correctly. Let's just make it an overall <laughs> apology. If it's an Arabian horse's name, we're probably going to screw it up. So there's uh-huh. that. I'd hate to be an announcer at, at an Arabian show. That must be awful. <laughs> oh, the so. worst is at the year-end award ceremony for AERC when they have to list Do all those and names. name the names from the the whole entire United States of all the horses placing in standings. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Daniel... Daniel Krauss on AM Mysterious Mopsa, Aaron Champion on Contiki, Gwyn Hall on Size Doesn't Matter. Okay, she might Cam- win the award for best name. <laughs> We're going to have to see. Yes, yes, that was a good one. Cameron Holzer on Kong, Aaron Innes on, oh, two horses, looks like Augie and Tuscarora John, Windsor Mundy on Amtrak, Ellen Olson. On Savannah night, and that was pending meeting the COC at Fort Howells, which was last weekend. And um, I haven't seen the results of that posted yet to know if if she qualified or not. Heather Reynolds writing um, RTR Rimfires Etta. Jeremy Reynolds writing Rick Tick, who is also pending meeting his COC at Fort Howells. Kelsey Russell on Fireman Gold. Ray Shumade. Tysor on DM Michelangelo. You know, I think I'm having more trouble with the people's names. <laughs> Hannah Summers on Salome. Cheryl Van Dusen on Hoover the Mover. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, too. I love that name. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, so, so who do you know? Well, obviously, we know the Reynolds. They've been on the show before. They're, they're a couple, husband and wife, and they're, they've been competing FEI level for a long time. Um, right. So, you know. And I met Hannah at 20 Mule Team this year. She was camped next to us. Okay. I think she's one of the only or very few West Coast people on the list. That would be Hannah Summers. Unless you count the Reynolds, who 
are from the West Coast but are now in Florida. Right. But yeah. but most of the others, I believe, are from you know Central or Southeast or Northeast region writers. Yeah, not too far from us, actually. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, anybody else? Um, well, let's see. I know Cameron and um, some of the others over the years I've met. Um, uh, and, um, yes, we're going to need to get some of these people on and, and talk to them and see how things are going to going with their plans for yeah. WED. And they'll be doing yes. uh, some training and stuff, too, after mm-hmm. the list gets whittled down. There'll be a team of four, and then I don't know that they're allowing individuals this year, so I think that's one of the changes that's been made. So it'll probably just be the team. So we'll have to we'll have to see how that plays out. But well, uh, we'll let you know as we learn what's mm-hmm. going on there. Now, uh, to continue with Endurance 101 today in your classroom, uh, <laughs> we, have, we have Professor Karen here today, and we are all the students. So, Professor Karen, one of the things that Jennifer was so confused by at this last ride was all the acronyms for everything. And now, um, you have some acronyms that are, uh, you know, are official, and then some that are unofficial. Not so, so official. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, let's start with the DIMR, which stands for Distance Induced Mental Retardation. <laughs> And that happens after what mile marker? <laughs> it's different for everybody. <laughs> it depends on the day. That's yeah, right. It's very personal. <laughs> right, right. And then there is ADR, which is for your horse. Although you could apply this to a rider as well. Ain't doing right. <laughs> you've you've used ADR before. <laughs> Apparently, that's fairly common. Ain't doing right. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then another one that is also pretty. Um, common and popular, especially with the vets, because uh, Dr. Jamie Kerr, who we've interviewed before, talked about this. EDPP, which stands for eating, drinking, peeing, pooping. And what the vets want to know is your horse EDPP. Oh, so you get asked See, that. the vet did that. He no, did that? You had no idea what he was talking about. I come up and he goes, is he EDPP? And I'm going, what? What's that? I mean, what that means? I don't know if he's doing that or not. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. Well, now you know. E D P P is an important one. You will be asked. Uh, exactly. And yeah. then here's here's a fun one. The word "crew." It stands for can't remember everything, woman. <laughs> That's the horse husband thing right there. I'm sure a horse husband (laughs) did come up with that one. Okay, I am adopting that one for everyday life right there. (laughs) Crew, I like that. Yes, crew. Can't remember everything woman. I like that. I learned something today. Exactly. And then the weight divisions, we have abbreviations for. Junior, it's either usually just a J. Everybody knows the J means junior. And then FW for featherweight, LW for lightweight, MW for middleweight, and HW for heavyweight. And then we also have our pull codes, which are also abbreviations. Wait, 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 wait. Why? What is a pull code first? A pull code, it, if for some reason you fail to complete a ride, you're given a there pull code as the reason. Okay. And the and one so of the first like reasons... Like an event, a pull code would be you uh, fell off on cross country, you <laughs> had too many run out. You, the reason you were eliminated if you were an event rider or <laughs> the reason yeah. you got, you were eliminated from the class. Okay. Right. Caught drinking right, bourbon yeah. on the course, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Like falling off and not finishing because of that would be a rider option pull, which is RO. 
Okay. Oh, then, how, how nice that they say rider option. You you fell off the darn horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't want to put that on there. There's there's no wimped out code. Sorry. <laughs> is there is there a DA for dumbass? Is there a code for that? No. <laughs> no. No. Sorry. Okay. All right. Let's go over what the codes actually are. We're confusing okay. people. So we have rider option, and then uh. For vet, if the vet finds something wrong with your horse during the vet check, um, it, L for lameness. And generally that means it's like a grade th- three consistent lameness um, th- that you would be pulled. Met- M for metabolic, which means your horse either fails to recover or just is ADR. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't doing right. Okay. I learned. Right. There we go. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, then there's also one called SF, which is surface factors. And that could be because your horse got, say, a girth gall or a stick oh. poked him in the leg and injured him. And he's perfectly fine otherwise, but, you know, maybe you don't want to take him back out on the course if, you know, if he's going to need stitches or he's bleeding or you just don't want to risk making something worse. That would be a, a surface factors pull. Um, then we have OT, which is over time, which, you, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you've exceeded the entire time that's allowed. It just means that you're going so slow, you don't have any chance of making it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, there's over time. over time something that the rider chooses or one of the judges choose? It, it can be both. For example, on the ride. Oh, either. Okay. Yes, like Tevis, they will give you suggested cutoff times. And if you're usually if you're pretty close to those, then you're okay. But if you're like way behind, you know, so far into the ride, their suggested cutoff times, then there's really no chance you're going to make it the rest of the way. And so then you will get an overtime pull. I'm assuming that more OTs are because of the rider being ADR. Probably so. Okay. (laughs) Yes, or just. Yeah, not being completely prepared, or it could also lost. be because they got. I was just going to say that got they got lost. lost. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then we have the DQ. Uh, d- uh, this dressage queen. Dressage queen. Yes. They have dressage <laughs> queen in the category in your uh, endurance. Disqualified. Which oh, could mean okay. They did the course wrong, or maybe they were rude to somebody or or whatever it's, there was this fight you got disqualified okay we had that we had that a while back got it that could happen yes and then we have uh, uh, just the letter c which means completion only and that could be a variety of things it could mean that the course got tampered with and the rider did the whole ride but did it out of order and in that case the ride manager has the um authority to grant you a completion only which now, means question here mm-hmm. um i rode in the i forget if they called it limited or introductory but mm-hmm. i rode in the, the putt putt short stirrup class so i did not my division doesn't get scored and placed first second third fourth it's just you either finished or you didn't. Would that is would would my score sheet also reflect C because that's the only option, either complete or not? Um, it just depends how the ride manager. Or would depends on how they want to do it. Introductory yeah. ride, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the rider option choices as well, which means 
if your horse is a little bit off, but not enough for the vet to pull them, but you're still thinking, I don't want, I got another 20 miles to go and it's really tough out there. I'm not going to keep going. Then you can write an option pull um, and then give it the reason, which is for a lameness or um, M for metabolic, just like you know, your horse ADR again, or he's not EDPP like he should, then you can make the choice to pull um, versus the vet pulling you because they're not going to let you go even if you want it. So if I were to compare this again, a sport that's probably familiar to more of our listeners eventing, this would be what would they, they would call withdraw. You're mm-hmm. on the cross country course. You have one stop. You're not eliminated. You can keep right on going, but the rider chooses to withdraw because he feels something within that particular horse at that particular moment. That's something's not quite right. Let's, let's come back another day. So an R O dash L for ladies or an R O dash M for metabolic would be the rider saying, "Eh, let's come back another day. Right. Exactly. And uh, last year I pulled chief from a ride. He passed the vet check and I decided to pull him because he didn't want to eat. He, I could tell he didn't feel right. And so the vets wanted to recheck him. Um, and they did. And he passed again. They, they weren't finding anything worthy of making it be a pull on their end. But I chose that I did not want to continue. All right, well, Jennifer's getting uh, Kristen on here. Uh, we'll just continue this conversation a little bit. So so now, any other acronyms for us that we need to know? No, I think that's, that's probably most, most... So the most important the, ones on there are the ADR, list. ain't doing right. Um, is there a DUI? <laughs> no. That's not, no, no, that's fox hunting. I'm sorry. I got the wrong sport. I, I get the, the wrong sport. Wrong sport They're, on you, that one. Anything's possible, but I think endurance riders have to pay attention to the yeah. to the trails. See, so. fox hunters, they just the, follow along. They just go with the group. The horse the just path. follows. Yeah, that just follows everybody else. And I have seen a lot of DUIs uh, fox hunting, uh, let me tell well, you. That did happen to one of the riders this weekend. I guess he had come off twice in the first six miles. And of then an endurance through- ride? Yes, yeah. he came off twice. Did they blood check him? Did they breathalyze him? <laughs> <laughs> he was on a green horse. Well, and then it got, it got worse. And I'm sure this contributed to his coming off or his coming off contributed to the next thing is he went through the trot by and then. He went through the what? The trot by. Which What's that? So you got to explain that. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. The trot by is where a lot of times the vets are out on the um course somewhere you know just not very far from the start you know five miles six ten miles out and they watch the horses all trot by and i see i didn't know there was a trot by yes there is a thing called a trot by where it is it's not an entire full vet check some rides will have you dismount and check your pulse and then do a trot by and then you keep going so the vets aren't doing a full exam others will allow you to just trot by mounted oh, they just do want they have a mounted cop there with little lights and sirens to pull you over if they <laughs> Well, what you want to do is you want to be able to hear the okay or look back and see a thumbs up or a wave so that you know you can keep or going. Or you just blast your music and, and for, forget about them. Just go. Just blow it on. Blow, blow on <laughs> yeah. by and keep going. Well, that's what this poor guy did. I guess, it, who knows, maybe he was 
you know, kind of beat up from coming off a couple of times, but he went through the trap by and then he kept going. He never came back in for the, you know, the vet check. So they had to go find him. <laughs> so they did get on their little horse with the lights and sirens and chase him down. Yes, they, did. <laughs> they went and chased him down and got him redirected. And uh, yes, <laughs> poor guy. So I know. So that's why endurance riders have to pay attention. And coming off is not a good thing because you, you could. Well, there's another thing that everybody needs to know in Endurance 101, and that is you're going to camp. So you got to, and one of the things about camping is actually keeping your horse with you at night while you're sleeping. That is important. It is important (laughs) because it's hard to ride them the next day when they aren't there. So we have Kristen, who joins us every single month from Distance Depot, to talk to us about how to keep the horse and you together before the ride the next day. Um, Right, Kristen? And we... Nobody's Never. ever seen a loose horse at endurance rides, have they? <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> we have some good solutions, though. Yeah, well, good. Well, that's good. And that's, you know, it is a we're laughing, but it's true. I mean, it's something that has to happen. Um, so what are the solutions for keeping your horse contained at night while you're trying to, you know, sleep? Right. Well, um, of course, when you're just out day riding, you know, everybody ties their horse to the side of the trailer, um, and that works well for the day. But if you've ever had to sleep in a horse trailer with a horse tied to the side of it with his lead clanging and clanking, you don't get a lot of sleep every time he shakes his head or takes a bite of hay. Um, it's <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not the best solution for, for overnight for your horse. Um we offer some Highline kits, which some state parks will let you do. Um, you can They have a, a safety tie for the tree so that the tree doesn't get damaged. And then, of course, you string a rope across, and, and we have some swivels that attach onto the rope, and your horse is tied that way. And he can sort of slide up and down the, the Highline. Um, and that works out well for some horses, but most endurance riders are using some sort of fencing system or the high tie. I would say um, the high tie is probably one of our most popular options um, in today's endurance. Um, it offers, it, it allows the horse, it's a flexible um, arm, and it allows the horse to be, he's about four feet from the trailer, and he can graze, he can lay down, he can roll, um, all safely while still being attached to the trailer. And I think Karen can attest to this, and I'm sure your listeners, many of them know she, she uses a high tie system for her horses, and I believe she uses a, a neck collar. Yes, I do. Um, so, and I yeah. used- so there's no halter? You're using the collar and it's tied to the collar? I like the collar because I can tie my rope or have my rope be about six to eight inches shorter, which greatly reduces the chance of them getting a leg over a rope and yeah, getting was, caught. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. it rotates around their neck, and so they can still lie down and roll, but there's not as much rope to get caught as if you have them on a halter. And I've used the, these kind of um, trailer tie systems with the arms since about the 90s. Now, is there a breakaway <laughs> point? In other words, they get in trouble, it's going to break like a halter would? Yes. Yeah. Um, mine have Velcro at the top and I've also got a quick release pull on my rope as well because you need more than one. I believe you need more than one point just for safety because once your if your horse does get caught and tangled, 
you can't, it's not always safe to go up to them if they're still struggling. Well, you might not, or, or they're in the way and you can't get to the top. I mean, one of the it's, two, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But the horses adapt to those really well. Um, my advice is just for people, just whether they use a high tie or a portable crowd, to practice ahead of time at home before you go out you know, camping for real and make sure your horse is comfortable in it. And the one um, thing that's hard to practice and and you should do that with this, but the one thing that's hard to practice is all of the other stuff going on, the other horses and the right. noise and all of that. Right. Exactly. The, that's why um, that's something we'll cover when we get Patty on the line about figuring out where to camp when you're new so that you don't park right next to the starting line where 50 horses are going to start. <laughs> And set your horse off. <laughs> All these little details to know. <laughs> and one one of the nice things too about the high tie is you can use your own lead. Um, and, and also there there are some accessories available. Um, but yes, having the double um, safety is always a good idea because, like Karen said, when you close, you know, your horse is in trouble. It's hard to sometimes get close to them. So having those safety p- things in place are definitely a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a fence-in-a-bag system, which is a fairly economical system, and it includes the wire tape that has, uh, you know, a plastic wire tape, and it has 660 feet of that, and it comes with 12 of the mounting poles that you can step into the ground, a handle, a reel to roll up the wire, and a charger. So basically everything you need to set up a portable corral. Um, Those used to be quite popular um, and still are, but many riders are opting for a more secure system similar to the high tie or even to our carry light portable corrals. Those are pretty impressive systems as well and super easy to set up. They're made from um, a high-grade HDPE resin, which is similar. It looks like um, the PVC piping, but it isn't PVC piping. It's very strong and UV-stabilized, so it won't crack or chip. Um, And you can uh, set this corral up alone by yourself, and it ends up making the eight-panel unit. We have a six-panel unit and an eight-panel unit, and the eight-panel unit makes about a 12-foot round pen. But they also give you brackets, which you can mount to the side of your trailer, which actually then ends up making the system bigger Mm -hmm. so that your corral is larger when you use that one side of your trailer and attach the pen to it. And that's also a safety feature. Then the horse, you know, should something happen. um, They're more secure. Mm -hmm. Move it. Yes, exactly. So um, pretty cool systems. And these systems all, um, our price includes the free shipping which is nice for these units. I will say that um, one more thing about that carry light corral. It collapses down to be about a fifth of its size, so you can actually stack it in the back of your pickup. It will actually fit in the back seat if you have an empty back seat in your truck, which many of us when going to an endurance ride don't have that. <laughs> but it will also, of course, fit in the extra stall Kristen, in your trailer. Kristen, there are horse women. None of them have any room in their car, period. <laughs> no. There's barely room for the horse husbands. Or the horses, or the- <laughs> in some cases. Yeah. Like everything on the kitchen sink. <laughs> well, well, Kristen, give us your website and your phone number. Okay. 
Um, we are at www.thedistancedepot.com, and the toll-free number is 866-863-2349. Well, right, great. Thank good. you for joining us, telling us about these containment systems. Thank you. You all have a good day. Thanks, Kristen. Bye-bye. Bye. So practice, 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 even the camping part, you know. Oh, you know, uh, there's really no completely guaranteed safe way to confine a horse. Right. They're, they're all able to find some way to get themselves in trouble. It doesn't matter. You know, that that's just the nature of the game. That's why we talk about practicing stuff at home as much as you can. Well, let's be honest. Every horse show you've ever gone to, there's a loose horse. It doesn't matter what kind of horse show. There's always a loose horse. It happens every time. Uh, where it really gets dangerous is the carriage shows we've been to where the horse or team gets loose with the carriage. Yeah, that can be good. To, yeah, no, it's never good. It never ends well. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we're continuing with Endurance 101 with your next guest. And here we're going to get into the nitty gritty, aren't we? Yes. Next, we have Patty Stadmend, who has been a previous chair of the AERC Education Committee, as well as a board member. And she's always great to join us and talk about the things we all need to know about endurance riding. And today we're going to talk about everything you need to know to get through your first endurance ride. So good morning, Patty. Thank you for joining us and welcome back. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Glenn. Thank you for having me. Sure, this is going to be fun. We get requests from people like Jennifer, our own Jennifer, on what does she need to know to get through her first ride when she shows up and doesn't hasn't done it before. Oh, you know what? It's such it's such an, a huge and incredible question. And to sum it all up uh, quickly is a really hard thing to do. But one of the things that I think is most important when you arrive at that first endurance ride and you're just not quite sure that you have all your ducks in a row and you're not sure where you should be and when, I always tell new folks, no matter how prepared you are, how many mentors you had, how many books you read, how many classes you took, the reality is when you get there, what you need to remember is your outside voice, not your library voice, <laughs> and you need to remember to just say, Hey, I am brand new to this. What should I be doing now? Uh, there's something about the world of endurance riders that we will just sort of leave you alone doing your thing. We're doing our thing. We just kind of let you go unless you seem to be getting into real trouble, mm -hmm. unless you speak ask for help. And then uh, it's the same all over the country, isn't it, Karen? doesn't matter what, what, where you are. Endurance riders are the same. We will jump in and help. Exactly. But it, like you said, you got to speak up and let people know that you need help or you're having questions and not sure what to do. All right. So let, let's, exactly let's, gu right. let's guide this a little bit. So, and I'm guiding this from Jennifer and uh, hearing her talk about all of this in her lead up to her first ride. Um, so, and Jennifer, by the way, so, so Patty knows, can you give the sound effect again? Um, you're, you must be on mute. We're not hearing anything. Uh, oh, wait, me? No, 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 Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah. Jennifer, you can't be on mute for this. I, I was on mute. Okay. Yeah. All right, that means stop what you're talking about. We don't understand. You're talking over our heads. And that's happened already a couple times today with Karen. So, um, so you're signing up for your... We, we, both, we both have a bad case. 
of unconscious incompetence. We know so little, <laughs> we don't even know what we don't know. That's right. So, uh, that is a wonder, it's actually a wonderful place to be. Well, and let's assume, so, so, we're not talking about juniors. Let's assume, because most of our audience are actually, our, our demographic is between 35 and 55 women who are just starting to try other things for the first time. So let's assume okay. let's assume that's our person, and they're now going to sign up for their first ride. And Jennifer went through this. She was like, oh, I don't know what distance I should do just for my first, very first ride. And you, she chose 15 miles because she didn't want to die. I think that had less to do with the horse. <laughs> um, so, so where are we at? So let's start there. We're picking the first ride. What do you recommend? Okay. So, so ways to pick the first ride. And I will tell you that that demographic is exactly the people who we get in our, our clinics. They are women between 35 and 55. They do not want to die. They do not want to kill their horse and they have no idea where to start. When it comes to picking your first ride, I always tell people there's a couple of things. One, the closer it is to home, a lot of times the easier that is logistically. So if you go to the AERC calendar at aerc.org you can look on the calendar and find rides that are close to you. If you have a local mentor who helps you out or a local endurance riding club, very often kind of word on the street with those people will give you a clue as to which is the best first ride to sign up for. It helps if it's a ride that has terrain, you know, footing, conditions that your horse is accustomed to. So, for example, we have mountain horses. And for us, our horses have a real challenge uh, going in rides that are primarily stand. It's just different for them. So those are all good ways of, of picking a first ride. Ideally, if you are brand new and you're a little petrified and you don't want to die and you're not sure your horse is in really good condition, a lot of the rides are now having introductory or intro or fun rides which are designed exactly for you. They are designed for people who are just dipping their toe into the waters and they're not quite sure if this is for them and they want to have a pleasant start to their competition career. Uh, if not, a limited distance, 25-mile ride might be an excellent place to start if there's not an introductory ride. How's that, Glenn? That's perfect. Mm -hmm. All right. And I think we went over a little bit yeah. earlier, Karen, things that like they ask you the weight and all that stuff. We went over that uh, when you're signing up. So now, um, and we've gone over in past episodes, packing lists and things like that. And I think we, we don't have time to get into all that today. But let's assume that you've already researched what to pack, what to bring, and you got that all figured out. And now... Jennifer, what was what happened when you showed up? You 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 didn't know where to go even when you showed up, right? So take over well, from here. Right, because the venue I had never been there before. So I had to first find the secretary. And I'm I'm used to going to uh traditional hunter jumper shows and events and stuff like that. And it's been it's something I've been doing for a million years. So you just kind of know this stuff and it was completely foreign. So how when you first arrive at the venue, what is the first thing I should be doing as a total greenhorn? Do I need to find the secretary first, which is what I did. And I don't know if that's really the first thing I needed to do. No, you sounds like you did just fine. What I tell people to do is to get your vehicle 
someplace safe. So in other words, you know, off the driveway, if you're holding up traffic. Or Don't park like in the middle of the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not a great thing. And, you know, open your horse's window if it's really hot so they can cool off. And then what I do generally, I tell people to do is to get out of the vehicle and in your outside voice, announce, pronounce to everyone in camp. This is my first time at this ride, and I have no idea what to do or where to go. Someone please help. And here's, here's the bonus. If there is someone nearby with their horse, like if you really want to, to, to create waves and become everybody's best friend, the best thing to say is, oh, my goodness, that is the most beautiful horse I have ever seen in my life. I am brand new here. Tell me where to go. You will make a new friend. <laughs> because who doesn't want to hear their horse is beautiful? This is how we make friends. Exactly. That's an excellent strategy. I'm going to take a note there. <laughs> oh, outdoor now, voices are critical. Outdoor voices. See, that's a mistake I made. I was trying to be cool and subtle yeah. and, and, you know, because, you no. know, it's just, no, just put it out there. No need to be okay. cool. And what I can tell you about our sport is that I joke around that our sport has the lowest percentage per capita of jerks of any equestrian <laughs> sport that I've ever done in my life. So in other words, the chances of you running into a jerk are very slim. Uh, we However, have an acronym for that, by the way, we determined earlier, yeah. it's DA, oh. dumbass. Uh, so you have less of those? Yeah. Uh, we have fewer of those per capita than other sports. Okay. However, when you meet them, you will know it. And then you should just immediately dismiss them as a DA and go on to the next person. That's it. <laughs> So Simple. that is the first thing to do. But yes, you're absolutely right. First thing to do, get out, make sure you're safe, ask someone where to go and what to do next. Because every ride is just a little bit different. And if you're kind of shy or reserved and you try to figure it out on your own, a lot of times you'll find, oh, you parked in the wrong spot or, gee, you know, uh, uh, the, the registration takes place at this place and you missed it, that kind of thing. So or just, you parked you in know, Karen's spot that's been her spot for the last 20 years <laughs> and she's mad. Exactly. And nobody yeah. wants to do that. No, right. no. We all know what she's like. Okay. Um, she can be <laughs> a DA sometimes. <laughs> right, exactly. Be loud, Jennifer. You know, there we funny. go. We, when when my husband and I started out in the sport twenty years ago, there were no mentors, there were no books, there were no clinics, there were none of those things. So in the last year or so, we started cre we created a course for people brand new to the sport, and it's an online course. We taught a lot of clinics in person, but we wanted to have something for people who are maybe in a remote spot or couldn't find a clinic close to them to answer these very same questions. And honestly, we use the exact same advice. Get out of your truck, introduce yourself, ask questions, don't be shy. And we're going to have so, that course so available, too. We're going to give you a code for that a little bit later on. But all right, so now she's checked in with the secretary, and uh, she was confused, too, right, Jennifer? Because there was a meeting, and you weren't sure about that. Right. And then the, the next thing, I, I got stuff from the secretary, and I had to ask her what all the stuff was. And that's, that's for a different day, because that would take an hour right there explaining what all the stuff was right and then there's the the ride meeting explain what a ride meeting is when it happens and why it's important that we go oh fantastic so the ride briefing so i'm a i'm a ride manager and my ride briefing is designed to keep all of you silly people from breaking any rules that will get me kicked out of the park and to keep my volunteers safe and to keep you safely on trail 
and to make sure that you know where there is water and help and, uh, and how the logistics of the ride will run and how the trail is marked so you don't get lost in the park. So that is the purpose of my ride briefing. Uh, what I will tell you about ride managers is there's different kinds of ride managers, just like there are different kinds of elementary school teachers. Um, some of them are long-winded. Some of them are brief to the point of, right? So sometimes the ride manager will say, hey, listen, you've all been here before. You go out that way and I'll see you all tomorrow. And that's not enough information uh, if you're a new rider. So most rides, most rides have a new rider briefing after the uh, regular ride briefing. Did the ride you went to, Jennifer, have that? Well, here's the scoop. There were about 250 people at the ride meeting. Big ride. Um, well, it was a big ride, and of course, everybody's crews and friends and family were there. And when she said, how many of you are new to this? Two people put their hands up. You and one other person. <laughs> Me and one other. And the one other person who was new was there with their parent and sponsor. So the, the new ride meeting consisted of, find somebody to help you. <laughs> oh well, yeah that that would not get an A plus from me uh, as as, so, as well, a great I be, new I ride. Became, I became that girl in that I asked so many questions of the ride organizer. She finally got sick of me, and she went and she found somebody who was there to just do a training ride. They had no intention of competing for any prize. And she said, you know, you hadn't planned on doing the second day, but can you go out on the really short distance ride with this person? So she stops pestering me. And she did. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer, (laughs) let me tell you something, Jennifer. You are going to do just fine. You are going to do just fine. That was exactly the right thing to do. So, yeah, if if you find that you are not getting, and and, and in defense of most ride managers, you'll find that the ride briefing is really pretty good. Um, And so it it describes to you what the trail conditions are like, where you can find water, um, how the pulse uh, and vet checks will be run. And they do a pretty good job describing things. And they also provide an opportunity to ask questions. Uh, And you should not be shy because chances are, if you didn't understand something, there are probably 20 people sitting around you who also didn't understand something. So you're doing a public service by asking a question. (laughs) My struggle was the, the terms and the words, for example, at the beginning of the show, um, Karen said that there was an out vet check. Well, all of our vet checks are, she said in or camp or something like that. I'm going, I have the foggiest idea what she's talking about. So I had to get that defined, but let us jump ahead since we have limited time today and there's so much to talk about. Um, so we go to the meeting that explains to us how the trail is marked, any footing or condition issues, where the water is. Um, now when you actually go out on your ride, explain how the starting process works because I was totally blown away by this. And maybe it's different for each ride because in this ride, You went up and you told the timer person, I'm so-and-so and and I'm in such-and-such division and I'm about ready to start. And you had to do that within like a half an hour of when you really actually wanted to start. And then when you were actually ready to start, you kind of waved your hand at that person and then off you went. Help! How does the whole start (laughs) at the starting (laughs) process work? I I got finished with the ride. I was still confused. (laughs) So here's the deal. (laughs) In general, endurance rides uh, start all the riders at the same time. 
the reason somebody wanted you to check in is um, because we need to get a number of horses that are on the trail. So sometimes uh, maybe somebody sits around the campfire and they drink too many beers the night before the ride, and then they don't actually get up and saddle up their horse and go out on the ride. So we don't want to be looking for them out on trail. So that's, that checking in with somebody is generally a safety check. So we know that you oh, are out you, on track. There's a new walk. acronym. Oh, so there's also yeah. AWOL. AWOL. <laughs> could be Amen. A-Men. Yes. Those, those, happen, <laughs> those happen sometimes. So then as far as the ride start is concerned, different things happen at ride starts. So some people will you know, jump right out and go out with the pack or be at the front of the pack. Um, I generally recommend when people are new to the sport, sometimes what happens is you are at home and you condition with your friends and you have old Dobbin as a horse. And then you arrive at the ride and 20 horses go galloping out of camp and you find that you own secretariat or justice or justify. (laughs) Let's, you know, (laughs) so there is something to be said. What I always tell people about the start and ride is that you have to imagine that horses are flight animals and they are prey animals. And so when, 20 horses go trotting or cantering or galloping out of camp at the same time, your sweet, loving horse (laughs) with whom you have an innate partnership thinks that there is a mountain lion somewhere just directly behind him and that all the other horses are leaving camp to avoid the mountain lion. So what I always tell people is that change in character for your horse is really a life or death kind of response for them. They really are thinking that they're, they're going to die. So that's why sometimes they behave in a way that is unexpected. But there's something well, then magical Ni- about... I, I learned something then. Nigel thinks he's going to die for 9.5 miles. That is exactly right. But there's something magical, and Karen, you tell me if I'm wrong on this one. There's a rubber band. And this rubber band, when those 20 horses leave camp all in a pack, if you wait long enough for this rubber band to stretch, mm-hmm. the rubber band eventually breaks. And all of a sudden, your horse says, oh, okay, they're gone. Nothing bad has happened. All is good with the world. And you saddle up and you swing your leg over and you leave camp on a loose rein. You find that's true too, Karen? Yeah, usually, yes. And then, except you do sometimes have the other riders that have the same idea of starting late. <laughs> and then they go blind, flying past you. And now your horse is yes. wound back up again. Yeah. There's a, there's a certain trick to find, you know, I always joke around about finding a sweet spot. Sweet spot, yes. So there's, a, there's a, yeah, there's always that sort of that magic of, okay, so the herd leaves, the rubber band breaks, but now you want to jump in now because you don't want to wait too long for the people whose horses are really having a bad day to come mm-hmm. up running behind. You. So it's less uh, of a rubber band and more of a yo-yo. It goes up and down exactly. and up and down. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. indeed. Another Another acronym. Add that to the list. We're oh. writing a book here, Karen. You better be writing this <laughs> stuff down. <laughs> but once you are on trail, what I tell people is that generally speaking, you just want to ride your ride and you want to ride about the pace you usually condition at home. And a horse might go, you know, a half a mile an hour faster than they do when you condition them, but you don't want to go twice as fast at a competition than you would at home because that's going to end badly. Uh, a lot of times horses in their first competition, if they're caught up in the pack, they have a lot more heart than brains. And it is our job as the rider to be the brain. And you would be, it was, is not uncommon at all 
for a horse on its first ride to get caught up with that excitement. And as you're starting the ride, you'll see somebody off the trail to the side, just standing next to their horse that's spinning, whirling, carrying <laughs> on because the horse just sort of lost his marbles. It, 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 it can happen. The more time you spend training and training in groups, the less likely it is to happen, and depending on the, the temperament of your horse. But the reality is those, those first few ride starts um, can be a bit of an adventure if you don't plan for them really, really well. She saw a video of your start, Jennifer, basically, is what she said. <laughs> <laughs> did, it look, did it look like a Belmont steak? <laughs> he, he doesn't break from the gate very well but he sure likes to stay in the middle of the pack let's say that <laughs> it happens and you just have to remember did he travel at a pace that was suitable for for what you had done conditioning well wait a minute is bouncing oh, gosh, like no. a kangaroo a pace is that a pace is, is, is that, that considered a pace? a pace the kangaroo pace up and down up and down for have, 10 nine miles I've ridden that for 24 miles. I had a horse that could change in place. It was unpleasant. But yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of just stopping, going back to camp, regrouping, and then and then trying again. And it also sort of depends on on your uh, level of of risk tolerance. Like my husband would be like, "Yeah, I had no brakes for the first loop. Wasn't that awesome? I had the best time. You know, I was just weaving in and out of people. I bounced <laughs> up a couple of trees. I had a blast. There we go. That's, that's yeah, not see? my idea of a good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, we're, we are we are um, we are trying this endurance thing, having been longtime fox hunters. So this is actually yeah. pretty tame. Yeah. Yeah. This is yes. Yeah. This on the risk scale yeah. so is. I've way I've below gotten. I've survived the start. I've mm-hmm. made my. We'll, we will limit this particular conversation to the one loop, since again we have relatively limited time. I've done my loop. I've. I'm about to approach the finish line. Dun 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 dun. Tell yeah. me. Explain to me the process of finishing and what happens after that. Okay. Now, one must remember always that you've got the option of raising your hand up in the air and saying, "I am brand new to this. Somebody tell me what to do." It's a. It's a I did that. I did that. Good, good. Here's how, in case you actually still have brain cells at the end of the ride and you can remember this conversation, here's how it goes. So the way the finish works or a a vet check works during a ride is essentially what the first thing you're attempting to do is you come into the end timer who happily writes down a time, typically on your vet card. And then the idea here is for the ride to finish. Okay, we, we didn't explain, what, what is a vet card? Okay, so when you registered, I assume that somebody gave you a piece of paper or cardboard yes. that had, had like quadrants, and these are all in endurance essentials. We got photos of them and stuff, but it basically is keeping track of you as a horse rider team throughout the ride, and it is it's where your the veterinarian... Card. Yeah, it's a report card. It's where the veterinarian writes down. It's all your records go. From Do you the carry your report carry card? You. You carry you your report carry- card around. Oh, okay. Yeah, your, right. your report card stays with you. And trust me when I say exciting things happen when riders can't find their, their vet card. <laughs> so <laughs> keep a hold of that thing. There's, there's companies that make little bags for them. I carry mine in my pommel pack. There are women who sweat less than me who put them inside their bra. Um, so oh, no. there's various places. And then they have to hand it card. to a veterinarian. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Oh, trust me, our veterinarians aren't very fussy people. They, they couldn't be. <laughs> so, um, so, so everybody's good with the vet card. So you present your vet card when you reach camp or your, your hold, um, and somebody will write down the time that you came in. Then the whole name of the game is to get your horse to recover cardiovascularly so that their heart rate reaches a parameter, which is, could be 64 beats per minute, 60 beats per minute, sort of depends on, on where you're riding, and it's up to the veterinarian to decide that. But the idea is for you to, most of the time, in a lot of cases, you'll unpack your horse because it's hard to have a heart rate recovery when you're wearing your leather jacket. Take off tack. You might cool the horse with water. In the humid northeast, southeast, we might cool the horse with ice water. And the idea is I typically use a stethoscope. And what I'm doing is making sure that I get that horse cooled down and their heart rate recovered. So far, so good. No, I don't hear a horn. So far, so good. Now, and okay. the re- why are we trying to do this so with, with such expedience? Why, why is it important oh, to get this done quickly? This is an excellent question. So, Jennifer, if you were doing a ride that was simply a one-loop ride, um, this wouldn't necessarily apply to you. But if you are doing, for example, a 100-mile ride, which my husband and I do, there is an old saying that says rides are won or lost as a result of pulsing down. So, in other words, if my husband comes to the end timer and another rider comes to the end timer at the same time, but we are really good at cooling down our horse and getting that heart rate down and the other horse is having a difficult time with that heart rate recovery, we can get ahead of that horse even though we arrived at the same time. So it's not a, so the, the break there is not uh, a mandatory time. You're going to be in there. Everybody's in there for 30 minutes. It's when your horse is ready, you can book. Yes. The okay. term that they use, Glenn, is called a gate into a hold and the gate is really your heart rate. Okay. So in other words, it could take you 10 minutes to reach that heart rate. Then you cross into the gate and then you have that mandatory 30 minute hold. Uh, or let's okay. say we have a fabulous horse and we come into the end timer, pull off the saddle. And one minute later, that horse reaches the heart rate. He's gotten his gate into the hold and then his 30 minutes starts. Ah, Do you gotcha. see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so, the, words, so the whole, so the gate, time, that, that, so if it takes you 30 minutes to get the horse's heart rate down, now you're in there for an hour. Uh, and somebody actually, else may be out in 35 minutes. Yeah. Actually, there is a rule that you must pulse down in 30 minutes. Okay. So if it takes 35 minutes, you're, you're, which you're acronym pulled. is that? Um, qualified. Yeah. Okay. You're DQ. Qualified. Right. You are DQ'd, another acronym. Yeah. We're practicing our acronyms today. (laughs) So we got the gate into the hold concept. And now you take your piece of paper called your vet card. Vet card. Yes, Jennifer, excellent. And you proceed to uh, the person who is taking heart rates or pulses. And they will, in fact, confirm with a stethoscope or a heart rate monitor that your horse is recovered to the parameter. So if your horse is not, you go back, you cool your horse some more. But generally speaking, you go in, you you check before you go, and your horse has reached the heart rate parameter. Now that gate into the hold, time has started. So like Glenn's example is 30 minutes. Now you've got 30 minutes. During that 30 minutes, 
at some point during that 30 minutes, you have to take your horse to the veterinarian with your paper. That card. Yeah. That card. That card. And the veterinarian will do a, a veterinary exam, much like the one you had before the ride, to check and make sure that the horse is metabolically fit to continue and also isn't displaying any lameness. So you get that vet exam during your 30 minutes, and then the rest of your 30 minutes is for you and your horse to eat, drink, pee, you know, all of those, the EDPP. Have you talked about EDPP? Eat, eat, Uh drink, pee, poop. Yay, we learned that one. Correct. So that is your hold time. Got it. So I'm following. So when you come in and you raise your hand, you get your, the timer writes down your time. Mm-hmm. Um, really the clock keeps ticking on your cumulative time. That's going to give you your score at the end of the competition until you're, the vet says, yep, you fall within the parameters of pulse. The, the 30 minute hold there, everybody gets that same 30 minutes. So that is irrelevant as far as, cause everybody does that. Correct. Right. If you think about it as though, as far as the ride is concerned, you are still almost on trail until that horse reaches the pulse. So in other words, the only real time that counts is when your horse reaches that heart rate parameter. Uh, And the only reason that in time is important is because like Karen had said, if we have a horse that isn't recovering its heart rate within 30 minutes, that's a sign of a real problem. And so you'll be disqualified. But really, you may as well be standing out on the trail as standing there icing your horse off. It, it, that that gate starts when the horse reaches the right. pulse parameter. Okay, so you've gone through the gate. You've pulsed out. Your The veterinarian has signed off on your horse in that he is either A, ready to continue, or let's assume it's the end of the ride. B, he finished the ride um, in good health and doesn't get a disqualification. What happens to the vet card once he's done that final sign-off? Excellent question. Most of the time, what will happen is the ride manager or the ride secretary will want to keep that card at least for some period of time so that they can get all of their results and the time and all the information they need from that card to send to the AERC, who will keep your records. So in other words, they need to get that information from that card. And then some ride managers will give the veterinary card back to you at the award ceremony or when you go to leave, because it's a great way of tracking your horse's progress. You get to see what the veterinarian saw and wrote down during the exam. Or or a lot of us will just take a picture of our vet card at the end. (laughs) Great. That's a great idea. Yes. I framed mine. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> framed yours. It's the yeah, only it's time we're ever going to get an A. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. <laughs> well, there you, you go. And, and so, so, so in her case, where she only did the one loop, then she's done and heading back to become a DDA, which is a drunk dumbass. Um, <laughs> that happens hey! after the ride. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so, congratulations, Jennifer. Yeah, ride. you made it. Yeah. You made yeah. it. finishes to win, I win. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is really, I have to say, for new people, I think that the, when people come to the clinics, the things they're most frightened of are 
Am I ready to camp? And the horses usually do really great with that. Am I, um, is my horse in condition enough? And then they get really overwhelmed by the logistics. And so, like I said, that was, that was the reason we created the course. And when my husband did all of the software, he actually made this little diagram. You would love it, Jennifer, where it shows the horse going from, you know, the in timer to the, to the, to the area to get cooled and then to the, get their heart rate taken and then to the veterinarian. And that it shows, and you can just replay that slide over and over again until you have it memorized. Well, if somebody's looking, a lot of steps. before we run out of time, if somebody's, you know, heard all of this and they're still a little bit confused or they're they're And I know we've had a lot of listeners that listen to our show going, they've tried different things, going do cows. I mean, all kinds of different stuff that they've never thought of before. So if somebody's thinking about doing that, they can do your course, which is a lot more in depth than we just did, right? Yeah, it's it's a it's a five hour course and it starts out with like you can do this and it talks about camping and the list and the conditioning and what to feed your horse and what tack you might need and then the actual logistics and rules of the ride, what that vet card needs, all this stuff that we've been talking about and a whole lot more. It's about a five hour course. Um and you can find it by going to a website called horselearningonline.com. So it's all one word. And if you, um, if you go there, we're going to give a 20% discount to the HITM listeners through the end of July. So um, that's, that is a bargain discount. Um, and if you click on the course catalog, you'll be asked to put in a password. So this is the big secret of the, of the, the uh, radio interview. The password is lowercase radio. So if you put in that password, you'll get the 20% HITM discount for um, for, uh, endurance essentials. So we're happy to share that with all of you. We're excited to have more people join the sport. Very good. Well, and you've been terrific at explaining this. I, uh, you, you really have. And thanks for, thanks for being a good sport as we had a little fun <laughs> along the way. Um, so well, uh, it was, go ahead. Sorry. It was a pleasure to, to speak with all of you. And it really is. I, we always tell people, Hey, listen, the hardest part of doing your first endurance ride it's really signing up. And I think Jennifer is living proof of that one. It, it, signing <laughs> up is the hard part. And once you commit to doing that, really, the, the, the pieces all sort of fall in place. And we are happy to help however we can. Karen is a tremendous source of, of help. And, and everybody, else, as long as you use your outside voice and ask, we're all ready to help. Very good. Well, thank you so much. And the website is horselearningonline.com. Use the coupon code RADIO, all lowercase, R-A-D-I-O, and you'll get the discount, and you'll have five hours of learning ahead of you. So uh, so thanks a bunch, Patty. Thanks, Patty. Thank you so much, Glenn. Thanks, Karen. Take care, Jennifer. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. I think that's the best that that's ever been explained on our show. Good. Yes. Don't you? Very, she did a great very job. helpful for yeah. the new people. Yes. Jennifer, do you, would you have liked to have heard all of that before you went out on your first ride? Oh, I... That would have been so helpful because she explain, um, explains everything in really non-endurance terms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, really, really, really brought it down to kindergarten level for folks like me who have... Like, where do I walk to next? <laughs> yeah, I actually said that to somebody at the event. Like, where do I walk to 
next. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very good. Well, thank you so much to Patty for that. Now, we had a chance yesterday to catch up with another one of the long list of United States riders heading to the Mongol Derby. And she also happens to be an endurance rider, right? Exactly. Um, We talked to Heather Accardo, whose nickname is Flash. And uh, she's been riding endurance for a few years now and has 1,200 miles and is going to the Mongol Derby this summer. So we're going to, we're, this year we're trying to get as many of the United States uh, competitors on that are heading to the Derby uh, to find out why they're crazy enough to do that. So, um, and then we'll be doing our coverage there as well uh, during the Mongol Derby. Well, here, we'll be doing the coverage here. I'm not going to Mongolia. So <laughs> um, I don't think the internet's reliable enough and I would be sick the entire time with the fermented mare's milk. So here's our interview with Heather. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Well, let's start out with a little bit about your riding history. How did you get involved in riding horses? I uh, was fortunate enough that my mom made sure I always had a horse to ride growing up. She um, wasn't able to have a horse when she was little, and so she always made sure I had something to ride. Um, And I grew up doing a little bit of everything. Um, I did some speed events. I did um, a little bit of Western Pleasure. I did some English, Hunter Jumper. Um, and then when I was a teenager, I started riding with a friend of mine. She was conditioning for endurance and I kind of fell in love with it. And so, so one day when I get older and I have the time and money, that's what I want to do. So for the past five years, I have been competing in endurance and it's one of the best things that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And how did you get your nickname flash? Um, that's an interesting story. Uh, I love to run. And so when I was competing at a, um, a trail competition one year, one of the other riders' husbands always saw me running. And he said, if I keep seeing you running, I'm just going to start calling you Flash because I would, like, pop up here and there, and then the next thing he knew, I was somewhere else. So the name just kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good name when you're an endurance rider or a competitor of any kind, <laughs> yeah. actually, right? I guess so. Yes, sir. <laughs> Do you have a costume with a cape? I have a shirt that has like the flash on oh, it. Oh, yeah, good. So. We're going to have to make sure you have something for the Mongol Derby. Definitely. We're gonna- <laughs> ah, that's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll have to live up to it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell us more about this uh, Mongol Derby thing you've got planned. <laughs> How did that come about? You know, I've been following it for years and um, it was just something that was fascinating to me. And I thought, you know, one day, I'm going to do it. Um, and then a couple of years ago, Tim Finley um, participated and I kind of chatted with him. He's like, you should just do it. And so last year was kind of a strange year. A couple people that I knew passed away and just some crazy things happened. And I thought, what am I waiting for? So on a whim, I just um, applied and I thought, there's no way I'm going to get in. They have thousands of applicants every year. There's no way. But at least I applied and I did what I could do. And then, I, of course, I was shocked when... I got in. I mean, it was. It, I was like, well, I have to accept now because I'll never get this opportunity. They're again, always so. looking for superheroes. <laughs> you were guaranteed <laughs> to get in. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so you get accepted, and then what did you think? And what did the rest of your family and friends think when they well, found was, out? So I was actually on an endurance ride. I was riding my horse. And I checked my phone, I checked my email, um, 
And so I got the email saying I was in. I just started screaming on my horse. <laughs> and there was a couple of the riders around me looking at me like, what is wrong with her? I was just so excited I couldn't hold it in. So that's actually how I found out. <laughs> I mean, all my friends are super supportive. And, and there was a few that way before I even thought I would get in, um, said, you know, you're, you're going to get in for sure. So they had way more confidence than I did. So have you been on a super mission to research everything you can? You've watched all the wild horses and watched every video? Um, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, Tim has been really instrumental in, um, in giving me a lot of good information. I'm actually, he sent me his pack that he used in 2016. So I'm, I'm using his pack. And, good. um and uh, so thank goodness for him. And I have been working out like crazy. Um, I've done some ultra marathons and I do a couple every year. So I've, I've done, um, I haven't done a hundred miles yet, but I've done 50 K 50 miles and I'm doing the P90X program, trying to work on my upper body strength. So mm-hmm. trying oh. to get as fit as possible. Well, what are you doing for your stomach? We could have some of the fermented mare's milk shipped over to you. Um, yeah, um, about that. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I know at some point I'm going to have to try it because I don't want to be rude. And it, that would be rude not to accept. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to wait and, and wait on that because maybe they won't offer it to me. Maybe I'll get lucky. How about goat? How do you feel about goat? Um, well, actually, I joke about it, but I, I'm actually up for anything. Good. Um, I've tried some really weird things, so I think I think I'll be okay. I'm 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 pretty good at at um, at surviving, so um, I actually don't think it's going to be a problem. I, I like to try new things. I like to experience new cultures, so I'm excited about it. Well, you 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 definitely will be doing that. Uh, we talked to <laughs> uh, we talked to Devin Horn this morning. Uh, it's her third. Or yeah, yesterday morning, and it's uh, you can yep. hear that if everybody missed it, just head over to Horses in the Morning uh, for Monday, and you'll hear her. Um, and uh, so she's she's really spending a lot of time this year on nutrition because she got violently ill the last time she did it. So she's spending a lot more time in nutrition and really planning what she's going to eat. Um, and you know, I think that's something. And, and also, obviously, you have to be physically fit. But it's interesting, and I don't know what your friend said, but one of the things they say is it's yeah, the physical sucks. I mean, you're 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 worn down and really worn down. But the mental side is the hardest. Is that, did he say the same thing? Um, he just told me no matter what happens, to not complain. He said. Everyone else is going to be doing enough of that. And so, <laughs> I don't go. need to do that. That's um, what I teach my junior riders: no whining allowed. <laughs> there you go. It doesn't make you, it doesn't make it any better. And I'm there for the experience, good and bad. And I really think running ultras helps me prepare mentally because there are times when it really sucks. It really sucks, and it's a very, very mental thing. And you you think you just can't do it anymore, and you just keep going, and all of a sudden you finish. So you just keep having to to push and you'll eventually get there. So I'm going to kind of go in with that mentality. Just never give up and never complain. 
you do have a definite advantage if you're if you're running ultras and, and in super shape because you obviously have to be to ride seven days on crazy ponies. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they did say the direction's changing this year, so the course is changing this year a good bit. They're heading a total different direction. So, oh wow, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so the terrain is going to be different, and you know uh, uh, than it was before. And the finish line is at the opposite. It's like they were going east before, now they're going west. I mean, it's a total different direction. Oh wow, yeah. And uh, I did talk to them uh, a little while ago. It's no secret that they said that they want to mix it up this year. So you're going to be in in a good year where everybody's on a level playing field. I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that way nobody knows where they're going. So maybe I can halfway keep up with Devin. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, have, have you got any experience riding with the GPS? Have you done that at all? I have been practicing, yes. Um, I have a GPS, and I've been practicing using it. Um, honestly, not very good at it. But um, I'm actually racing with a partner, so I figure between both of us, we will figure it out. <laughs> and who's your yes. partner? Give a plug. Uh, my partner is Michael Gaskin. I don't know. I know Michael. From, yes. Yeah. He, I didn't yeah, know he was even this, riding this year. He he is. He is. And we he actually invited me to his ranch about a month ago. And we spent, you know, he doesn't know anything about endurance. So we spent the morning. We brought our competition horses. He got a little taste of that. And then I spent the afternoon. You know, he's really good at breaking wild horses. And he's a a phenomenal mm. horseman. So I got a little taste of what he did. And so at the end of the day, he joked, he said, I just kind of wanted to make sure you could ride a horse. And I said, well, I wanted to make sure I could put up with you for a week. So. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. But you know what, too? If anybody is going, who's Michael? Well, if you everybody saw the video of the dinosaur riding the Pasifino, that's Michael. Um, everybody saw that video in the whole world. So you saw that video a while back. You know who Michael is. And actually, I met him at Road to the Horse. Okay. He was there doing demonstrations at Road to the Horse. Uh, and he's a good person to have on your side because you're riding pretty wild ponies, and he kind of gets wild ponies. So, uh, Yeah, we thought that we both bring strings to the table because I, I'm familiar with getting our, make sure our horses pass the vet checks, getting the heart rate down, and you know making sure we're riding within their ability. And then he's good at dealing with the wild horses. So hopefully between the two of us, we can manage to get through this thing. Well, it's interesting, too, that he's never done endurance. I mean, that's interesting, too. Uh, but usually mm-hmm. some, people have had some experience with endurance, uh, you know, of some kind before they, before they go do it. What's the thing you're most that most concerns you going into it? Is there something that worries you? or One word. Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the fermented mare's milk again. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's not the crazy horses. It's not sleeping out wherever. It's not getting lost. It's not getting drugged to death. It's not getting bit by wild dogs. It's what am I going to do when I'm riding this crazy horse and uh, I eat something that doesn't agree with me? And as Leslie learned last year, she got off her horse because her horse was being good. And two seconds later, her horse was gone. All of her equipment, everything, her phone, uh, you know, things can happen that quickly. So, yeah, getting off your horse is not the favorite thing to do (laughs) once once you're on it. (laughs) Stay on it. 11 pet you're allowed 11 pounds in your pack she's gonna have 10 and a half pounds of emodium in there <laughs> pretty much i want to make sure i'm prepared it doesn't matter if i don't have enough to eat that's or right i don't have anything to sleep on but. are you gonna pack food that's a good question actually i am i have um some emergency rations of, of uh the runner's goop which is yeah. very high calorie yep. 
got um, B vitamins, it's got electrolytes, it's got caffeine, and it's death by chocolate. So I've got caffeine, I've got chocolate, I'm good. Okay. That's all I need. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> now, have you got my, um, very much experience starting, you know, young frisky horses or riding horses that are not fully, you know, trained? I will have experience um, in a couple weeks. I'm going back to Michael's ranch, and we're going to focus on. Um, he's going to bring out some some young horses and and just help me learn how to deal with with some of the their behavior that they may give oh, us. So, but I have started some of my own horses, but it's it's probably a little bit different than the horses we're going to ride. So he's going to help me. Um, and he helped me so much the first time I was there, just my body position and things you don't even think of. Even it doesn't matter how long you've been riding, you can always learn something new. Mm-hmm. Does Michael realize these horses aren't gated? I'm just checking. <laughs> you know what? He's going to, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he'll learn real soon. I will have to say, though, he rode a couple of our our competition horses, we put on about 15 miles when we were there just to kind of give him a little taste. And he did really well. And he was actually posting. I was quite surprised. Um, and he rode my friend's 100-mile horse. And he was just amazed at the fitness of these horses. So he got a little taste of it. And hopefully that helps him prepare a bit. Very good. Well, we wish you the best of luck. We're going to be watching and we'll be doing daily wrap-up shows, so we'll definitely be following your progress. We'll be following your dot every night, uh-huh. uh, and we'll keep everybody up to date <laughs> on your dot. Um, Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited for you. When do you leave? I'm leaving August the 1st. Okay. And I will, that'll give me a couple days there to just relax and... Um, Actually, a funny story, um, the, the local newspaper did an article of my adventure coming up, and a lady contacted me from Mongolia. She's originally from Donaldsonville, which is a town close to where I live. And so, long story short, she's going to pick me up from the airport. Her family's going to take me to dinner <laughs> one night, take me sightseeing. So I'll have a friendly face when I get there. Oh, that's nice. so cool. Talk about small <laughs> world, huh? It is. Wow. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, or I should say Flash. (laughs) And good luck to you. Thank you so much. Well, I think she's going to do just fine. Don't you, Karen? I think so, too. This is going to be exciting to be able to follow everybody this year, since we're going to know so many of them. And, uh, you know, I I wanted to ask you, I forgot earlier to ask you, you had your junior rider, 11 years old. She went out and and without you right beside her on her first 50 miler, was she using renegade boots? Yes, she was. You know, and it was really kind of cool because I was crewing. So I didn't have to get up and tack up a horse and get ready. And so I set the alarm 45 minutes ahead of when she needed to be ready to start. And darn it, that kid was ready in 15 minutes. <laughs> she she was so excited. She had Bo completely tacked up. She had all four of his renegade boots on. Um, and so they're they simple enough for an 11-year-old to put them on? <laughs> Exactly. All by herself. You know, I don't even have to check her. She just, she, she's been using them now for the last year or more. And so she has no trouble putting them on. They're easy enough for her. And they work beautifully on Bo, of course. They went through uh, 
from what she told me, some of the sand was so deep coming down some of the hills, the horses were sinking almost up to their knees in it. Oh my gosh. They also, <laughs> yes, but they also were going through a bunch of hard packed, rocky stuff. And the boots worked just beautifully for her. And then when she was finished, she took them off and cleaned them up and put them back in the trailer so they're ready to go the next time we ride. So where can people find them? Um, they can go to renegadehoofboots.com. And I was just looking on their site. They have a link now to videos. So you can go and look at the videos showing the boots in action, showing how to size and install. Yeah, the as sizing well as adjust is something that I think confuses people when they first get their first boots. So that's something you definitely want to watch the video for. Exactly. Very yeah. useful and helpful stuff there. Um, very um timely you know like you said the sizing is everything uh, the nice thing with the renegades is they don't need to be tight they need if they're hard to put on then they're probably not the right size they need okay. they should be easy to use so i is, mean the other thing about boots that people worry about is that you just get your horse trimmed you're and now we're four weeks in and he's d due in another week or two to get trimmed again is the boot still going to fit with it with his feet having grown out well, that's the beauty of it, that they don't have to be um, so snug or tight like some other brands do. So that I don't have a problem going, um, if I do end up going weeks in between any kind of trimming, the boots still seem to work beautifully on both of my horses. So we're real happy with them. Terrific. And it's Renegade. Uh, you can find those online at renegadehoofboots.com. Renegadehoofboots.com. And is your picture still on the homepage? It is going yeah. up Cougar Rock on Tevis with four go. strap on renegade boots. So, if you want to see Karen in all her glory going vertical, that's it right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I did just hear from Haley, who is one of our auditors, that said she just watched All the Wild Horses on iTunes. And I went and looked, and it is available on iTunes now. So, if you have an iTunes account and want to watch All the Wild Horses about uh, uh, Mongol Derby, then you can find it. It's four ninety nine to rent and nine ninety nine to buy. So for five bucks, you can go have an evening's entertainment, and uh, uh, I guarantee she said so good. So she really liked it, uh, and I think you're going to too. Have you seen it yet? I haven't, but yep, I'm there going you go. to now. iTunes sure. four ninety nine to rent it. Uh, definitely check it out. All the wild horses, and that was Evo Marlowe who did that. He directed and produced it, and he rode along for this whole thing. So he had ridden in the race before, and then he came back to film it and uh, with his crew, and, and you're going to see a little bit about what happened to them, too. So that's coming up uh, if you want to check that out. Well, thank you for the Endurance 101, Karen. Sure. It was Jennifer, fun. Jennifer, do you get something out of it? You're good now? I feel better now. I Ready for your second ride? More. Ready for the second Endurance ride? Yeah. You're going to go 50 in the second now? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe third. You're gonna you're, you're gonna go thirty miles instead of fifteen. No. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty miles. Maybe Can we 100. switch riders? Can we do a tag team? <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, that's, I told you that's called ride and tie. <laughs> yeah, I told you it's not the horse. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it was more the rider. That's another acronym. Uh, rat. R A T. Ride and tie. Oh, so they're, they're called rats? Oh, well, there we go. Oh, they're called rats. <laughs> it's a rat That's race. Funny. Here we go. Uh, it's a rat race. <laughs> ah, pretty good. All right. So ah. be, be 
before we become uh, DAs at the end of this episode, we're going to call it a day. Uh, if you want to find all the past episodes of Endurance, you can go to horsesinthemorning.com. Just scroll down the middle of the page. You can see a little icon for Endurance. It'll bring up all the past episodes. There's a lot of them you can listen to, probably five, six years worth now. Karen's hung around. She she just never quit. Mm-hmm. She just forgot to quit. She's still here all these years later. Uh, and then your website is? KarenChatton.com. KarenChatton.com. There's tons of good information on there. She's written blog posts for like 20 years, so since the internet started. And you're going to find <laughs> all that information. And it's all relevant. It doesn't matter, right? Whether you wrote it 10 right. years ago or uh, it's pretty much the same information. I know you've done some uh-huh. posts on actual uh, containing your horse, right? At Wild Camping. Yes. Yeah. Training and practicing and some of the basics to get your horse used to before you take them out for their public debut. And if you want a good five-hour online course on how to begin in endurance and you don't want to go in like Jennifer did, totally lost, then go to horselearningonline.com. You'll see the Endurance Essentials course and use the code when you check out radio, R-A-D-I-O, lowercase, and that'll give you a discount. I think it's like $29 or something, Jennifer. It's not mm-hmm. expensive. so Right, and uh, you get 20% no, off and of it's that. Five, it's five hours long. It covers lots. Yeah, lots more than we could today. We just touched on it. So uh, thank you so much to Patty for doing that. We really appreciate that. Jennifer, we should post that on our Horses in the Morning page, too, so that people who forgot by the time they get home from listening to this I'm in their car have it. Way ahead of you. Oh. Way ahead of you. All right, so, Put it on Facebook already. All right, so check out Horses in the Morning if you don't remember the address or whatever. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Karen. Thanks. Have a good ride, everyone. Oh, wait a minute. I'm on iTunes in the wrong place now, and I can't play my list. So you, why don't you sing us out, Karen? Um, <laughs> I can't find my playlist. Where'd it oh, go? Oh, Glenn, what uh, happened? I don't know. See, iTunes updated this morning, and it moved everything around, of course. Because that's yeah. what Pick happens. Pick something pleasant to listen to. I, I can't. I Pick can't play pleasant. it because of my uh, stupid iTunes is on the wrong. Oh, wait a minute. I have to agree to all of the conditions of the new iTunes. <laughs> Welcome to Apple's world. That's, this is like me and Skype. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs>